0: Goals with Soul, a podcast for visionary coaches and entrepreneurs, building your business with inspired action, in alignment with your mission and authentic message, so you can create impact for your soul clients and feel lit up every day. I'm your host, Jo Ingram, married mum of three daughters from London and a former ad agency director turned business coach and strategist. In Goals with Soul, we blend revenue generation with energetics, marketing strategies with pranic healing, and ambitious business goals with our soul's desires. If you're looking to build your business with less efforting and more ease, this is the podcast for you. Let's dive in. Welcome to Goals with Soul. I'm Joanna Ingram, and as an entrepreneur coach, expert, consultant, you of course have to get your marketing down pat. You will not be able to get clients unless you get your message out there. And there are so many ways in which to do it. And yet many of us focus on a few key areas that perhaps we don't feel that aligned about. For example, Instagram reels. We all know that it can explode your business and you can go viral. And yet the resistance is real. You know, getting on there and doing lip syncing or working out what to say isn't something that everybody loves. And yet there are so many other options out there that perhaps we haven't considered. And so this is why I'm super excited about this week's episode because it's a deep passion of mine to podcast, as you probably know, but also to be a guest on podcasts. And I've realized more recently just how potent being a guest on podcasts can be. And my clients and many other people I speak to are really curious and interested whether they could also become a podcast guest and yet see that there are barriers to entry and aren't sure how to go about it. And Kelly, our guest today, is going to explode all of that, and give you literally a game plan to become a regular podcast guest. Now, Kelly Mosser is a soulful business strategist who's obsessed with transforming hidden gem experts into paradigm-shifting thought leaders by helping them get visible, find their voice, and spread their powerful message. She's got a decade of experience supporting businesses from Fortune 500 powerhouses to hungry mid-sized startups and scrappy solopreneurs. She's the creator of the Hell Yes Guest Method, which helps entrepreneurs explode their influence, create brand superfans, and boost their bottom line, algorithm-free. Her podcast, The Aligned Success Show with Kelly Mosser, which I've had the privilege of guesting on, is now ranked in the top global 1.5%, and her work can also be found in Forbes and Yahoo Finance. Today, she's going to share with you the power of podcast guesting and literally the plan of action and how you go about it. I leave no stone unturned in this interview. I literally ask her every single question. So you are going to want to stay right to the end when she literally gives you the game plan for what to do next. I'm clearly very excited for this one. I hope you get so much inspiration that you can launch into podcast guesting too. Let's dive in. Welcome to Golds with Soul, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so thrilled to be here with you. And I'm super thrilled because not only do I know that this is going to be podcast gold for everybody listening, but I've been really excited about having this episode because podcast guesting is something that I have started to do more of, really started to love it, something that I've been talking to my clients about. I just get a feeling, an intuitive hit that this is a really good thing to get into. So I'm excited. We're going to like really get into the nuts and bolts. But before we do, please tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to a place where being a podcast guesting expert is the niche that you're now occupy.
1: Absolutely. Thank you. So I am a business strategist with 10 years of experience supporting. I think we come from very similar backgrounds. We did the corporate thing. We found our way into entrepreneurship. And over the past 10 years, I've had the opportunity to support all different sized businesses and all different niches. I was in-house for corporate. I was in-house for a startup working on strategy and operations for those companies. And I really loved it. And then eventually just got that intuitive hit that said, you know what? I think I can do this for myself and maybe have more fun and be a little bit more selective about the kinds of projects that I work on. So I made the leap. And at first, very similarly to you, was kind of um, consulting and coaching just very broadly within the business space. And I started my own podcast, fell in love with podcasting and I really wanted to grow my own show. I wanted to grow my podcast and continue making it something that reached more people and offered really accessible value to a lot of people. And the advice that I kept hearing was in order to grow your podcast, you've got to go get yourself, book yourself as a guest on other podcasts. And I was like, I have no idea how to do that. That seems like maybe I'll be able to book one, maybe I'll be able to book two, but I don't feel like this is something I can do on a regular basis. So it was a lot of trial and error. I did a lot of things wrong. And I struggled a lot with this strategy in the beginning. And if I didn't have my own podcast to grow, I really think that I would have given up, but I knew that I wanted to give my show a fighting chance. So I kept at it and I, something interesting started happening. So about a month after I launched my own podcast, I had been for maybe two months, really trying to book myself as a guest on other shows, because I knew it would support the launch of my podcast And I was getting nowhere fast, (laughs) not hearing back (laughs) from anyone. I was pitching the shows that I was booking. I wasn't really seeing any return from. It just kind of felt like a fun thing to do, but it wasn't driving my business goals forward in any way. And then about a month after we launched, we had an awesome launch. I'm so grateful for the momentum we created at the very beginning of my podcast. And I started getting pitched to be on my show and through that lens, the lens of the host. I started to recognize what I was doing wrong with my own pitching process, pitching myself as a guest and everything clicked. A light bulb went off. I was like, I understand this now. I hadn't been thinking like a podcast host. And so I kind of reverse engineered that process and figured out a wonderful way to not just get booked on podcasts regularly, but also to have conversations that actually drive your business goals forward. Because what I hear from people all the time is, you know, I'm, I'm either pitching myself and it's not really working. Or I'm not pitching myself. I'm just waiting to be invited, but I'm not really seeing much come out of those episodes. They're fun. I really like connecting with the host. I love the the medium, but I don't feel like I'm getting a lot of return out of the investment of time and energy that I'm spending. So I've figured all of this out and now I'm totally obsessed with helping other people do this because this is such an untapped strategy. There are so few people actively, proactively focusing on this as a profit Profitable business growth strategy. You know, there are very few people. There's so many people that are pouring time into short form content, Instagram, TikTok, posting on LinkedIn to grow their businesses, focusing on email marketing, but very few people are focusing on this now. And I like to think that this is like what TikTok was three years ago. We all wish that we had started a TikTok three years ago. The space is wide open now. So now is the time to get started with it because there's so little competition. Your pitches will get read, they will get accepted, you will get booked on shows. I can't promise what it's going to be like in five years when the space is more saturated, when people figure the strategy out. But for right now, it's open. So I'm really excited to help people figure out how to do that for themselves. Oh, now,
0: as you've been talking, I've literally written a list of questions. I'm like, right, need to know that, (laughs) need to know that. that." So (laughs) I'm going to circle back around on on each of the things that you started to touch on. Um, But just going back to what you said about getting pitched, really rings true for me because obviously as my podcast has grown I've also received a lot of pitches and boy some of those are so bad it's unbelievable yeah. I get like sometimes one-liners that say can I be a guest on your show all like, right who are you why do you want <laughs> to be on my show like I'm right. confused why you even wasted the three seconds it took you to write that because yep. I'm not going to do your work for you. I'm not going to go and find out who you are and what your value is and why my listeners want to know. On on the opposite side of that, I've seen some really inspiring pitches where I've just replied and said I'd love to talk. Let's connect. Let's get Absolutely. you on the show if if we vibe and I've been able like like you said take some of that inspiration into when I ask if I can be on people's podcasts but I have to say I'm probably at that early stage that you were before you started to formularize it and, and get it to a place that was replicatable that others could do so let's dive into that if, if you're open first of all that the pitching process is one of those things that we all get a little bit nervous about, right? Because we all have that little bit of imposter syndrome or fear of being judged or fear of rejection and not even knowing where to start as well. How do people kind of make the leap from thinking, huh, being a podcast guest, that sounds good, to actually getting on somebody's podcast that's not one of their best friends in their pod or, you know, one of these kind of very friendly invitations, which we get sometimes, which are lovely, but we can't sit around and wait for those to help us grow our business, right? Mm-hmm. How do we actually pitch ourselves podcasts that we know are really aligned with
1: our clients? Such a good question. And this is such a rich question. There's so much here that we could get into. The first thing that I think I want to share is that the difference between someone who is not pitching themselves actively and someone who is actively pitching themselves and booking is mostly a set of limiting beliefs and stories and misconceptions about the podcasting space. There are a bunch of these. One is that I haven't created enough success for myself yet. I'm not big enough yet. I'm not enough of an expert yet. Who's going to want to listen to me? My answer, my response to this limiting belief is A variety of things, but the first is that you have to stop treating opportunities like podcast guesting as a reward for your success and start thinking about them as tools to create the success that you want, Mm. right? So getting onto a podcast, unless you're Oprah, unless you're at that level of your success in your business and your career. People aren't really interested in talking to you solely because you have created success, right? That The value that you really have to add is your story, but it is also what you have to teach. And you, as long as you're three steps ahead of someone else, you have something to teach them. You have something valuable to offer them. You might not be ready to pitch yourself to like a celebrity podcast to be on a celebrity podcast, but there are millions of podcasts in all shapes and sizes. And there are thousands that you would be the perfect fit for The second thing that I think a lot of people think about or maybe are feeling either subconsciously or consciously is that isn't this annoying for podcast hosts to get pitched? And my response to that is absolutely not. Well, it's annoying for them to get pitches that are poorly written and poorly thought out and not strategic, but it is such a joy for a podcast host to receive a pitch that's really good because 50% of podcasts stop producing episodes within the first year. Mm. For a few reasons. One, the host got burnt out. Two, the host ran out of content ideas. And three, the podcast wasn't growing quickly enough for what the host had expected. As a guest, you get to help them with all three of these things. You get to position yourself as someone who's going to solve the content question for them. Here's the content. Here's the exact conversation that I would love to have on your show. This is the value I can bring to your listeners. And the second thing is, that we, that most pitches I find leave out. I'd be curious to know if, if you have experienced this too, that second piece, how I can help your show grow, how I, as a guest will be a strategic collaborator and a partner for this show, not just someone who's trying to come on and get 30 minutes of airtime to sell my stuff, podcast hosts. You have to think like a podcast host. If you want to be successful with podcast guesting. And you have to remember that podcast hosts have two priorities, mainly, one is to provide amazing value for their audience. And two is to grow that show. Every podcast host wants more people to be listening to their show for a variety of reasons, right? And when you're pitching yourself and you're saying, not only am I going to bring this incredible value to your audience and teach them exactly how to do XYZ, i Z, I'm also going to do my part as a guest and make sure that I get this episode seen and heard by everyone on my Instagram, everyone in my, in my communities, everyone on my email list, So how are you going to show up for the episode for the host to help the host achieve their goals? That is a piece that is missing from like 99% of the pitches that I receive. And it's the one thing that actually really gets you noticed, because if you are a host, chances are you can just turn on your mic and create 20 minutes of value all by yourself. The, The host doesn't actually need you for that. But the thing that you can offer the host that they can't access without you is access to your audience. And that's what you have to be, that's your leverage. I think really understanding what is, what do I bring to the table in terms of the content that I can offer? But also what do I bring to the table in terms of leverage? Who do I bring to the table with me? That's a really important question to start asking yourself. So that's a good little next step for people listening to this is what is my leverage? What are all We're go ahead. Sorry, I'm just thinking out loud. <laughs> <laughs> is that still the case if you have
0: a smaller audience? Can you get creative about it and still be incredibly generous? But first of all, I just want to say what you were saying was like flashes going off in my mind because obviously I've been doing this podcast a long time and I have had a lot of guests and I do notice that some people go out of their way to really make sure that your episode's heard by their audiences. They leave you a review. They, you know, share your share your assets and you know the posts or you know, repeat what you've shared on stories and all of the things. Yep. But many don't. And as a newer guest, I recognize, because obviously having the benefit of being a host as well, that this just wasn't very nice. It wasn't, it was it was a bit like someone coming to your party. And they're not saying goodbye, just sort of leaving no. versus somebody that sends you a cute thank you no and makes sure to invite you to their party and tells their friends that they've met this really cool person and just brings you into their fold. And you know who you want to stay friends with and you know who you want to invite back and, and who, what, which episodes you're going to want to promote in the future. And, and as you're saying that, all this is dropping in for me. So thank you for making that so clear because mm. I'm going to make sure that I am an exemplary guest, just like I would be at a party if we went to that together. And Absolutely, so, yeah, sorry. I just jumped in, but I keep going. I'm no, let's,
1: let's definitely tackle the questions that you just asked. I think the, the first thing to call out is exactly what you're sharing. You want to be a good party guest and you don't want to leave, leave it, leave it, you know, up to the hosts, like, hold on. I'm sorry. I'm not on this analogy a bit, right? (laughs) You absolutely want to, sorry, I'm just going to like come back to um, the example that you just shared. So as you just said, if you are a fantastic party guest and you are, you know, sending that thank you note, you're helping the host clean up. You don't want to leave that up to interpretation until the party's over. You want to be leading with that in your pitch. So you want to be saying, you know, Hey, Joanna, I'd really love to come to your party. By the way, I'm an awesome party guest. I help stick around and clean up. I, you know, let's take this back to the example we're actually talking about. I share every podcast episode that I'm on Mm. with my Instagram followers. I share it with my email list. I share it to these communities that I'm tapped into be really explicit about who those people are, how many people are in those communities. And to your second question, it is okay if there are, if you don't feel like there are a lot of people in those communities, because it does not take a lot of listenership, a lot of listeners to really create buzz and momentum for a podcast. Every podcast host is thrilled to receive even one new listener, 10 new listeners. It's like amazing. Mm. Your podcast is built listener by listener. So even if all you can offer is I'm going to share this episode with my friends and family and my pickup kickball team, I promise they'll all listen to it that is more than most people do. Again, 99.9% of people are leaving this out of their pitches completely. So if even you can just demonstrate with that generous action, lead with that generous action, lead with reciprocity, lead with, you know, I really want to be a collaborator and a partner on this episode. Think of this episode as like a business venture that you are going in on together. You wouldn't just show up to a business venture and be like, here's what I want from you. What are you going to bring to the table? Right? You have to lead with that and be explicit about it in the pitching process because it's going to get you noticed because nobody does this. Nobody does this.
0: And I actually remember your pitch which funnily enough, although you sent me your pitch, we kind of knew each other through a wider network. I only realized that once we had a connection chat. Um, But I do remember your pitch. And I do remember thinking, oh, this is interesting. You were talking about how you would be so happy to share the episode through your network and through your email list and, and all of that. And it did stand out in addition to all the other amazing stuff that you said in that as well. And I love how you've put it all into a really clear framework in that we have to say not just the value, but that we can give in terms of our expertise of what we talk about, but in terms of leveraging other people's audience, which if somebody's not heard of this, leveraging other people's audiences is really underutilized, underrated, undervalued. We're all trying, I mean Kelly just said it, right? We we just try and build our audiences on Instagram and gosh darn it it's hard you know dancing reels by the way Kelly your reels are cool I'm just like but not everyone can can bring themselves into the real space and even if you can it can be slow growth and so we've got to have a multitude of strategies and I love how podcast guesting is something that I believe anyway and I know that you're going to tell us the reality but it's not that difficult to add it in as another layer of our marketing that we can start building so how, how should we go about that? What should our expectations be? What's the, mm. the angle when you get started? Because I know, because I had a number of conversations, that there are agencies that do this for you. Yep. But there's lots of reasons that you might resist going with an agency. I certainly, as, as lovely as the people were and as as genuine as their efforts, I was finding it hard to look at the ROI and the cost And asking myself, could I be doing some of this myself? Maybe not to the level that they necessarily might get me to, but at least to get me started. Is
1: that your experience with yourself and and your clients, Kelly? Absolutely. I do all of my pitching myself. I do not treat pitching as an admin task. I think a lot of people do. They treat this as, you know, something that can be easily passed off. And the reality is that you need to really sit with your pitching process and really finesse it and optimize it because your you know a VA or an agent might not have the intuitive sense to adapt every single pitch to the show the way you you know how to because you know yourself and you know your work best eventually is this something that you can hand off to a virtual assistant absolutely but i really highly recommend letting yourself be the leader in this process for your business you can do this in an hour a week i think it, if you spend 3 hours up front really nailing down what your strategy is what you're going to be pitching you can absolutely ha- manage this entire process after that in 30 to 60 minutes a week, but let yourself hold the ownership over it for a little while, because you're going to learn so much about what works for you and what doesn't work for you. So handing it off too quickly is I think really risky. And I don't think, give you know, if you have to outsource something, outsource something else and keep this on your plate mm. for a little while, at um, least to get started, at least to get started, because there every pitch that I send is, is nuanced. I don't send blanket custom, you know, generic pitches, everything is custom to what I think I can really bring to that show to be of the the best value. And I think something else in terms of how to get started with this is to build out a strategy and think of this as a, as a tour. So think of your podcast guesting as a tour that has goals and KPIs and a specific window of time that you're going to be focusing on and build your tour around a business goal. So another thing that I see people do is great. I'm just going to go out and the thought process that we follow kind of intuitively is what show do I want to be on? And then you ask yourself, what do I want to talk about? And then you ask yourself, you know, at the last 30 seconds of the episode, what is my call to action or invitation or next step going to be? And I think if you want this, this strategy to be really profitable and be something that actually moves the needle forward in your business you need to think about the process in the opposite way. So you need to start with, what's the end goal that I have for this audience who is going to listen to this episode that I'm on or these episodes that I'm on? Then you can think about, what's a really high value call to action that I can share with them at the end of the episode that's gonna be memorable for them, that's going to be so irresistible that they absolutely are going to want to take the next step. Then you can decide what your signature content is that you're sharing on these episodes. And then the last step is thinking about wh- what audience does that signature content apply to? Those are the shows. So you actually choose the shows last, not first. So thinking about it in this kind of reversed way, I have a method that I teach that is all about building out a profitable podcast tour. So not just this haphazard strategy where you're going on this show and that show and talking about this topic and that topic. You really want this all to be cohesive. Think about it less like you know this random kind of, strategy that you throw spaghetti against the wall and see what sticks and think of it more as like a traveling masterclass or a traveling webinar, right? Your webinars have goals attached to them. They have specific calls to action. You teach specific content in those masterclasses. And you know, as well as I do, if you've ever done a masterclass, the fourth time you deliver it is a lot better than the first time you deliver it. And that's the power of this strategy that you continue delivering this similar content, the same content with little bits of you know, sparkle newness and every interview is going to be different because you're with a different host in a different context, serving a different audience, but by and large, you're sharing the same content over and over again, and you're refining it and optimizing it and figuring out what is the messaging that really, I know you're the messaging queen, what messaging really lands with people on these episodes. So think about it very strategically. Think about it as a tour rather than this like ongoing strategy that you start and never stop, um, and get really specific about what your goals are and then work your, build your strategy around those goals. Wow. I could have saved a lot of time. <laughs> if I'd have met you like a year, year and a
0: half ago, because when I first decided I would love to be on a podcast, that would be really cool. I was, like you said, sort of scattergunning at anything that I could talk on that subject. And I'd been through um, a, a long healing process around nearly dying in childbirth, and then going on to have my twins with surrogacy, with, with the help of a wonderful surrogate in the in the US, in California. And obviously, that was a big, uh, big journey, a lot to talk about. And even if I say so myself in retrospect, pretty inspirational, I'm like, Whoa, I did that? Um, And I do love talking about it, but really it had little to do with the exact aspect of what I was teaching and what my business was based on. And it took a little while before I realized as fun as it was, and although I was grateful to be able to add value to those people's audiences who were talking about motherhood and were talking about overcoming obstacles and, and very relevant, important topics, it wasn't building my business. And actually, the best place for me was to be going on shows where the, the audiences were much more aligned with wanting the solution that I offered. So getting that sort of information up front can kind of save you from pitching in the wrong direction or not really thinking about what your business goals are. i really getting because you've got the whole business coach background. So I love how you've literally transplanted all of the stuff that you would have been teaching onto how that looks in a podcast guest model. Very
1: cool. Thank you. And you're so not alone with that, you know, intuitive sense to start with. What do I think my most interesting story is, or what do I think my most, you know, inspirational story is storytelling is a wonderful, wonderful Avenue to reach more people. But to your point, exactly. If it's not directly connected to your business goals, then maybe you go out on a podcast tour. That's just about, you know, sharing inspiration with, moms, but it's not me. And then maybe you have a separate podcast tour where you're out there talking really specifically about your business goals, but so many people do that, right? If your program or, you know, your offers in your business are about, um, let's say money, money mindset and manifestation, but a very specific kind of angle on those topics. There's a lot of people out there who don't bridge the gap between what they're talking about on podcast episodes And the things that they actually want people to be joining them in outside of that podcast episode. So you really want to create this kind of congruency where whatever next step you really want people to take with you, it makes so much sense for them to take that next step after listening to the 30 to 60 minutes of that podcast episode that they just listened to you, met you, started to trust you. And then all of a sudden it's like, here's this other thing. It's like, wait, what? Now I feel like I'm starting from zero with you. I, you've, you know, you've taken me on a journey. You've taught me so much. And then at the end, I think a lot of people either kind of freeze or throw away that opportunity to invite them into the next thing. Um, so yeah, I, I think that that experience that you had on your own podcast guesting journey is so common and it is a little bit counterintuitive in a way, but when you think about the you know, pieces and how they all fit together, I think it actually makes a lot of sense and a lot of people can see it retrospectively
0: yeah and i've also experienced the other thing you just talked about which is where you throw away your opportunity um it reminds me of you know the early days of doing discovery calls where you just give so much value and just loving the share and then it gets right to, you know, the last two minutes of the call and the, the prospective client says, oh, I'm running late. I've got to go. Thanks so much. Bye. And you're like, oh, oh, I was just about <laughs> to tell you how you could work with me, you know, in its, yep. in its most dramatic case. But otherwise, just not giving yourself the space and allowing it to naturally lead in. And as a podcast guest, I it took me ages before I started writing what my calls to action were, and I would have them on a piece of paper in front of me. So when the, the host said, "And how can people find you? And you know, what are you promoting right now?" I didn't freeze. I could look mm-hmm. down at my bit of paper and be like, "Oh, this and this," and just at least vocalise them. But I got to that through messing it up several times and just sort of saying, "Oh, you can kind of find me on Instagram if you yep. want," <laughs> uh, or "Here's my email address." You know, just something so random, and it, it, yep. it wasn't really in fitting with the value that I was adding. You know, I was creating a lot of value and, and hopefully people were interested in what I had to say, but then there would be no follow through. So I'm gonna ask you more about this. I know you've, you've touched on it, but I think this is really important. So some of the objections that I know of to podcast guesting, is like, well, it's good, but it's very long-term and you don't necessarily get any clients from it. And, you know, this is uh, when we talk about ROI and building our businesses in my land of coaches, it's about our next client, how it's going to look next month and getting that consistent revenue. Could you talk to how we can make podcast guesting as aligned as possible with that objective?
1: Absolutely. I think if you are someone who is has guested on podcasts before, and you haven't seen a lot of ROI from that experience, it's either because there are, there are like five reasons that this is happening. Because when you do all of these things correctly, this is, this has become my top revenue driving strategy. It used to be Instagram. It's not anymore. It's podcast guesting. So, okay. I'm taking notes. So
0: (laughs) time for for anyone
1: at this point. Yeah. (laughs) So if you are experiencing this, it's probably because you are pitching the wrong content to the wrong shows. That are the wrong size okay so the wrong content to the wrong shows at the wrong size and when you are showing up on those episodes you are not offering a call to action that is irresistible and memorable and relevant okay so those are kind of like the the formula that that's those are the pieces of the formula that you really need to have in place to make this strategy profitable right away, because it absolutely can be a profitable strategy right away, but you do need all these pieces in place. Another note on the call to action, which really is the most important part of the episode, because it's all well and good to hear an episode with someone that you love and spend 30 minutes with them. But the thing to remember about podcast listeners. So when you're in the experience of listening to a podcast, it's very different from when you are in the experience of consuming Instagram content or reading your emails, because people who are listening to podcasts most usually are not looking at anything. They don't have access to their hands and they don't have access to their eyes. Their ears are the only thing that they have. They are driving, they're working out, they're cleaning the house. They're not standing right over their phone and they're not taking, they're not ready to take the call to action the second they hear it from you. So You have to make your call to action go above and beyond what a call to action on Instagram or email might be, where people are actually in ready with their thumbs to click on whatever it is that you're asking them to do. So your call to action needs to be three things. I'm holding up four fingers. It needs to be three things. (laughs) The first is that it needs to be super relevant to what you just shared on the episode so that it becomes a logical next step for someone to take with you after listening to that specific content. We talked about that already. The second thing is that it needs to be absolutely irresistible. Absolutely irresistible. So that's by the time someone gets home from school drop-off, they're still thinking about the call to action that you gave them on that show. Because what happens when you're listening to a podcast, the episode ends and it starts playing the next thing. And sometimes you can't even find the episode that you were listening to. That's so true. It's so, it happens all the time. I don't Do you know, know why there's not a back button on Apple I podcasts. know.
0: It drives me crazy because <laughs> the, I'll finish an episode. I'm a big fan of Abraham Hicks' podcast. Sometimes I've heard one that I just know I want to save or I want to share with
1: someone. And then suddenly it finishes. We move on to the next thing and I'm like, where did it go? But anyway, yeah. I digress. Yeah, people <laughs> have, a lot of times people have forgotten your name if they haven't heard it since the beginning of the episode. They don't, you know, it's like when you meet someone at a party and they tell you their name right away and you're like, okay, great. And Mm. then by the end of the conversation, you're like, wait, this is someone I actually really want to talk to more. And now I forget their name. Shoot. That happens to me all the time. Mm. All the time. Same thing happens on a podcast episode. You really fall in love with a guest you're driving, you can't look at your phone. The episode changes. You never caught the guest's name again. At the end, they never repeated it. That person's Mm -hmm. gone. So you really have to create a lot of, I love that you said the words like creating the space. You have to create spaciousness around the call to action. At the end of your interview, you have to make it extremely irresistible. So follow me on Instagram is not an irresistible call to action it's it's quite easy to resist that especially if you're driving and you forgot their name anyway what an irresistible call to action would be is some kind of next step that's going to take them closer to the goal that they that this listener had that made them press play on this episode in the first place right so we're so they, talking lead magnets here specifically right lead magnets but extremely high value lead magnets so at the end of a podcast episode a lot of times you'll hear a download my you know free checklist to make sure that you know how to xyz I think that we can all do better when it comes to the value that we're providing in our lead magnets, because again, this person's driving what's going to make them literally pull over. Like that's the, the, the level of that's the value that you want to be providing in your call to action with your lead magnet. So the lead magnets that work for you really well on Instagram or email might not be high value enough to offer on a podcast. So just keep that in mind. It is my lead magnet that I'm offering extremely high value.
0: Okay, I love that. High value. I'm going to use this as a personal coaching moment. So, I am offering my listeners on this show and in a lot of other places a free messaging assessment, completely personalized, individual feedback by myself, my eyes on your messaging. Is that the kind of thing we're talking about? So, I should go with that, not my PDF. I should just go straight in with that and have a nice, memorable. Um, URL, right? Is that important too?
1: Or can it just be in the show notes? Memorable is really important. They don't have to, the the link itself, the URL doesn't have to be memorable, but the call to action has to be memorable. Mm. So you create a little bit of tell a funny story with the call to action or create, like make it a little bit outrageous or silly in some way when you're presenting this call to action, or literally say with your mouth, I know you are driving and you are going to forget this call to action. So let's Take a pause. I want you to really, you know, take a moment to receive what I'm about to share with you because it's going to change your business or it's going to change your life. So really, creating like a, put us putting a spotlight on your call to action, not just kind of running right by it. I think that what you're offering is perfect. That is the exact kind of high value opportunity that that we want to be offering. If you're you're listening to this thinking, I don't have the people power or the infrastructure to be able to do that for everyone who comes in. I don't have the processes in place. If let's say like 30 people book that with me, you can also offer this as a, almost like a lottery or a raffle. So they're entering for the chance to receive that super, super high value thing. And you're, you know, making sure that they understand that you're not just going to choose one out of 20,000 people, you're going to maybe choose five people a month or three people a month or something like that so that whenever they listen to this episode, which could be three years from now, um, they'll know that their that call to actions is still probably available to them.
0: Oh gosh, Kelly, this is really, really important information. and not just for someone like me that's already guesting. I'm just my mind spinning with some of this, some of these thoughts as well about making space for call to actions, making them high value. Being practical, but also really, really bringing people into your world because it's logical and it's the next step. And I make so much sense that it works well as on podcast guesting. And I know a lot of my listeners already dipping their toe in the water, already podcast guests. And I love how this is upping everyone's game. Whether you're a newbie just starting out or someone that's been doing
1: this for a really long time, I love it. I'm so glad. And if you are a newbie to this, this space is for you. Like. There, there is no reason to, or if you're sitting on the fence, thinking about jumping into the space, there is content for you to share at every stage of your journey. So don't feel like you have to be in scale mode. If you're just launching, that's a wonderful time to start guesting mm. if, with a really strong strategy. Okay. Here's a question that comes up quite a lot. I love
0: it. Let's say someone's sitting there. They're thinking, I love it. I'm just, I'm totally been thinking about this for a while. I'm just going to get going, but how exactly do I find those podcasts? me to even pitch to like i can take on board all this great stuff about the pitch but there are loads and loads of podcasts how do i know how to find them which ones i should be pitching and you know all of that kind of process stuff that can leave us just not taking action
1: this is by far the thing that made me almost quit over and over it was just how much time it took to find the shows find the contact information figure out if they're even booking interviews That part to me felt really exhausting. So when the time came for me to create a course for people about this, we solved this problem for you where we've created a database of 500 shows, 500 podcasts in the niches of business, spirituality, wellness, personal development, and lifestyle. And you have the contact information right there because this is the part that makes people quit. It's the the amount of time that this takes. If that doesn't feel like a right next step for you, I'm going to give you one of my favorite tools, one of my favorite places to find shows. It's called listennotes.com. Listennotes.com. It's a free resource and it acts as kind of like a podcast search engine. So you can type in the name of a podcast that you like and it will return back to you 20, I think it's 20. Um, similar podcasts. So similar because of, um, you know, words in the description or words in the title. I think it is mostly like SEO based, based on like keywords in the description, but it'll spit back to you 20 shows. That could be a good Uh, fit for you. It doesn't have the contact information, but you can then continue building this list for yourself where, okay, you type in goals with soul, you get 20 podcasts back. It'll tell you where those podcasts rank globally. So you can make sure you're pitching shows that are the appropriate size for you. And then you can find one of those shows, and then put that into the search engine, and get twenty new shows back, and just keep building your list this way. Again, it doesn't have the contact information, but it's it's you know then just a matter of flipping over to that podcast website or Instagram and finding out what their pitch process is. So, a few more steps, but there are plenty of great places to find wonderful podcasts. Um, the best pl- the best thing to do is start in your network because I guarantee people that you know are have podcasts that they're looking for guests on, or they have friends who have podcasts that they're looking for guests on. So definitely start with your network too.
0: That is such good advice. And yes, I am familiar with Listen Notes. It was funny because I was actually in a podcast group chatting to other podcasters. And uh, he asked me, one of these guys, oh, how big's your show? And I'm like, well, I don't know, I don't like, know. <laughs> what, what percentage I'm like I don't know what, I really don't know what you're talking about and then he quickly went and had a look on listen notes and was like hey you're a top 10% podcast
1: yeah I did and
0: I and I didn't even know at that point and I'm progressing up the ranks slowly but surely now I'm at three percent and you know as you get more reviews and as you get more listeners your your rankings keep growing But you said earlier that when you get sight of this on Listen Notes, pick something that's appropriate for you with regards to size. And I think this will throw a lot of people because we all get the idea that bigger is better, right? We're like, well, if I'm going to do it, I might as well talk to a really big audience. Let's pitch myself to one of the top 5%, top 1%, whatever somebody might have in mind. Is that realistic? Is it desirable? What's your advice on that one?
1: Such a good question. So I'm on the top 10% of shows, because you do want to make sure that someone is listening to the podcast. If you are going to you know, spend all of the time and energy getting onto the shows and sending great pitches and doing all the work to promote the episodes, but don't think that you have to shoot for the top 0.5% of shows. Every show in the top 10% has regular listeners. I getting yourself in front of smaller niche audiences First. Because the power of a niche audience is, I think, sometimes even more powerful than a huge audience because niche audiences are obviously super niche. They're interested in that specific topic. They already have a ton created with the host. So they're gen- they generally tend to be very loyal fan bases and listener bases. And you can have more intimate dialogue with them. You're less like on the host's a specific timeline and specific structure so you can actually lead with the content that makes the most sense for you um you'll find that sometimes getting on to like a tippy tippy top show you're gonna have to follow like a set of pretty standardized protocols and talk about a pretty standardized um, set of topics and very much be answering the host questions rather than leading with the top the content that really makes the most sense for you so start on podcasts that are anywhere within the top 10%, you absolutely do not have to be shooting for the top 0.1% of shows, um, build up your podcasting resume by guesting on shows that are in the top 10%. And that creates this flywheel effect, right? You start to build up a reputation as someone who delivers an incredible episode. People start to see you on other episodes. It starts to kind of your audience size starts to grow as you're, you know, guesting and you continue to deliver amazing episodes. And you're going to have like some, you know, some kinks to work out in the first few episodes that you go on anyway. So get, give yourself a break and take the time to connect with smaller niche audiences first. Um, I also want to point out that the, you might think like, you know, oh, getting, getting in front of only a hundred people might not be worth it for me. It's absolutely worth it because of the quality of attention that podcast listeners give you. So on Instagram, for example, the attention span of an Instagram user is only 2.7 seconds. You've got to do a lot of work in a very short amount of time to create any kind of trust with an Instagram user. You're mostly going in one ear and out the other 86% of people who press play on a podcast episode will finish the entire episode. So you have their attention for a very long time. You have the opportunity and the space to really build a lot of trust with them in a short amount of time. 41 minutes is the average length of a podcast episode. So 86% of the time, you are going to have someone's attention for 41 minutes around roughly that's amazing. I would rather be in front of an audience of 20 that I knew was actually going to listen to everything that I had to say, than have one of my reels go viral and get 10,000 views because it's in one ear and out the other. A podcast episode is so much more memorable. So think of your podcasting guesting experiences more as like more of like a masterclass. You'd be happy to have a hundred people come to a masterclass, right? That's awesome. So don't get caught up in these vanity metrics of, you know, it has to be a tippy top show with top 0.01%. None of that matters. Just get in front of the right audience, share, a ton of value and this strategy will work for you. And how many shows should we be looking
0: to get on? Does that, is that important? Is having goals about, I want to be on
1: a show a week or X number of shows a month. Is that something that you would recommend? Yeah. So the podcast guesting method that I teach the, that really builds a um, tour around a business goal. I think shooting for somewhere between 16, I, I like to say shoot between for between like 16 and 32 episodes total for your podcast tour knowing that some of those episodes won't air until three months later. So you're kind of building in that safety net for yourself so that even if you end up with, you know, 10 episodes that air within the right amount of time, if you're working up towards a launch, this is a great strategy. If you have something that you offer on Evergreen, this is a wonderful strategy, Um, but kind of giving yourself the opportunity to test a lot in a short period of time so that you can pause and evaluate everything that you did, see where you need to make adjustments for the next time. Um, If you have a very evergreen business, this might just be something where you say to yourself, okay, I'm going to try my first tour so I can really test and look at my success rates and look at my KPIs and all of that. And after that, maybe my goal is to just be on two podcasts a week. That could be a really nice, sustainable strategy for you. So kind of build your tour um, with goals and shoot for as as many episodes that are relevant that you can handle, not just being on, but also promoting. You have to build all of that into your you know, social media calendars and all those kinds of things, because you want to be an excellent guest, not just a guest that's in and out. Um, So as many as you can take on that you think are really going to be in front of the right audiences so that you can kind of evaluate how, what your success is looking like. And then from there, you can make it a more ongoing strategy. So much goodness. And I'm just thinking, you know, so many people I talk to.
0: One of my clients has just launched her podcast this week, which woo, I'm so excited for her because I've been really, really encouraging her and sharing my journey, and and it's been amazing. But I'm well aware that many people have ambitions to launch a podcast, but for all the reasons, it's just not happening, or it's just such a long-term thing. It's hard work, and I'm. I just know from what you've just said and my own experience that guesting circumnavigates all of that. You don't have to launch your podcast. What's the difference between being a podcast host and just being a guest? Why would you say that guesting is preferable to being a host or is it preferable? I guess that's a leading question. Is it preferable? (laughs)
1: It's (laughs) such a good question and it really depends on what your goals are. So some things to keep in mind. Podcast guesting and podcast hosting are two totally different strategies that have two totally different kinds of impact. To be a host, that's really a nurturing tool. Any podcast host will know that starting your own show is not a build it and they will come situation, right? You are on the hook to make sure that people are listening to your episode. So, this is really a fantastic tool to nurture people who already know about you and slowly grow over time. So, the audience building the audience thing is going to be completely on you. Being a podcast guest, you are totally free from having to build any audiences yourself. You're leveraging audiences that already exist. This is the growth tool that I think a lot of people think having your own podcast is. So think about your having your own podcast as a nurturing tool for the people who already know you, that you want to take on a journey. You want to create deeper trust with them. Being a podcast guest is the audience growth tool because you're getting in front of 100, 1,000, 10,000 new people every single month when you're a guest. It's the faster way to get in front of more people in a short amount of time. Another thing to consider is that when you're a podcast host and you want to create a show that people want to listen to every single week, you're probably going to need to invite guests onto your show. When you have a guest on your show, you're no longer the expert. You are now a journalist right? You are a journalist who is interviewing an expert. And I think a lot of people don't realize that that is a dynamic that happens when you are a podcast host. So if you're a podcast host, plan on not being the expert about half the time, right? Plan on being a journalist who's interviewing experts half the time. If you're someone who's like, I have no interest in being a journalist and I want to be the expert 100% of the time, podcast guesting is going to be more than enough for you to do that. I actually really like to recommend everyone to start guesting for six months and see if it scratches your itches and if it doesn't then maybe you do need your own platform or you can turn on the mic and just talk about whatever you want but if you're someone who really wants to use this as a growth tool to really hone your messaging really get out there with one specific message because remember if you're a host you have to you're you're committed to variety you're committed to talking about new things all the time but when you're a guest you just get to talk about one thing over and over and over and create this you know thought leadership um reputation for yourself as someone who is the expert at one thing. So that's the difference to me. I think there's a really big difference. I think we conflate these two strategies a lot and just say, great podcast industry is growing. Um, I guess I'll start my own podcast. It is a lot of time, energy, effort, money, um, to have your own podcast. So something, just a, a, little analogy that I like to share with people is if you were, would you rather be, the, would you rather host a thousand person, a 1000 person event every quarter where you are responsible for working with the venue, hiring the speakers, selling the tickets, or would you rather be invited to speak at a 1000 person event every quarter where you just got to show up with your Starbucks and share your value and then be on your way. So some people really want that, you know, legacy of hosting amazing events. Some people really want the legacy of hosting an amazing podcast, but it's not the only way you can definitely, you know, build an amazing resume and build your legacy and build your audience just by guesting. Mm, I like how you've made that
0: such a clear strategy piece. It's not just like a whimsical thing. It's like, what's your strategy? And then you'll know whether podcast guestings for you. Interestingly, I I remember when I first made that pivot into much more intentional podcast guesting, of which I'm still on that journey to getting that really honed. But it was really dialing in my messaging is so important. And I know that someone's listening to this show going, I'm not exactly sure what exactly I would be saying. I'm not the expert And I love what you said right at the beginning, Kelly, about this idea that we all get this imposter syndrome and we go, oh, well, how how am I the expert? But actually we already are. And it's the same with messaging. It's like once we really dial it in. And I remember when I remember so clearly when it came through for me, this is my message. Then I knew what I was going to talk about when I was a guest on this podcast. I knew the journey I wanted to take the listener on. And now it's about doing all the other things that you've just mentioned. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's a beautiful sort of synergy around all the pieces in this online coaching industry in which we all inhabit. And this is such an important part that's, like you said, growing, that isn't overutilized. and there's space and we can be seen and we can be heard or not seen, but seen <laughs> in, a, in a metaphorical sense. Mm-hmm. And so if somebody wants to take, their next step and I know that people are inspired by what you have had to say because I know that I am and we're all connected and they want to take the first step and at the end of every episode I share like inspired action I'd love to invite you to invite our listeners what could they do to just get going on this so it isn't a great episode that they heard on Tuesday and didn't really think about it again even though they were really lit up at that moment Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. So something that I would love to invite people to think about and actually write down. So get out your journal, do a little self-coaching journaling session this week and ask yourself two questions. What is my leverage and what are all of the assets that I have built in my business? Your assets will become your leverage, but I think a lot of people The first step to convincing anybody that you are an authority on anything is to convince yourself that you are an authority on anything on, on whatever that topic is. So sit down and really ask yourself, what are all of the pieces of leverage that I have that make me so confident that I actually am an expert at this? What are all the things that I have created around this topic? Is it a course? Do I have, have I created memberships? Have I created relationships? All of those things are assets to you and you can leverage them to to get started with this strategy in a very intentional way. But if you feel like this will help get you out of that imposter syndrome stew, and into a much more empowered and confident place by actually looking at on paper. These are all the things I've created. These are all the things I've accomplished within this topic. It could be the methods that you've created. It could be the clients, re- client results that you've created. All of those things are assets that you can leverage and you can use to back up. You know, This is why I feel like this is the time for me. I'm ready to talk about this topic. So sit down and write down a list of all of the assets, all the things you've created, because those things become your leverage.
0: Thank you. Now I'm not gonna, not that I have to prompt you, I know I don't have to prompt you. (laughs) You said earlier on that you have to have, and I've written this down, an irresistible, memorable, relevant call to action. And I know that so many people are going to want to know how to get
1: going on this. What are you going to share with us today that's going to help us on that journey? Thank you. So two things that I would love to share the first may or may not be the right fit for you. So if it's not, please keep listening to the second one, because the second one most definitely will be, I am launching a course, the hell yes guest it's coming out very soon. And it's going to teach you how to really build a very intentional strategy around your profitable podcast guesting so that this becomes a seamless piece of your marketing strategy to get you booked on one to three shows every single week, because I think that is really the sweet spot for creating this kind of momentum that you want and how to make this strategy profitable for your business so that it grows your revenue month over month, so that it grows your audience month over month. So that course is coming out. If you'd like to learn more about that, you can visit work.kellymoser.com slash forward slash course, and you can get on the wait list. You can learn all about that. If you're listening to this episode in 2025, that page will still have a next step for you. So Definitely visit that if you are interested in really getting serious about this strategy and getting started with it. If that's not the right fit for you right now, I want to interview you on my podcast. So, I am currently upgrading my podcast from one episode a week to two episodes a week. And the second episode a week is going to be a spotlight feature for a real entrepreneur. You do not have to have created six figures. You do not need 10,000 Instagram followers. You do not need prior podcast guesting experience. I am really passionate about helping people get started with this strategy. So, I want you to pitch me. I want you to pitch me to be on my show. And we are going to choose entrepreneurs every single month to be spotlighted in this way. So come tell us about your story. Tell us about your brand, get in front of thousands of new listeners who are going to fall in love with you and learn more about what you do. And in order to do that, come pitch us, go to work.kellymoser.com forward slash interviews, and you can submit your pitch there. Nailed it. That was exciting.
0: That was very cool. And uh, that's a really, really high value offer. Really beautiful. So I do hope if you're listening to this, you take advantage of the opportunity that Kelly's just offered because, um, well, your podcast is top 2% at the moment. Is that right? It's doing Mm -hmm. really well. And moving to two episodes a week means it's just going to grow further. So super exciting. Kelly, I can only say thank you so much. You have given us loads of value. It's been an amazing episode. I could keep talking, but I think this has gone on longer than (laughs) than I do normally. So thank you again. And um, I hope that you'll come back again in the future and share more insights.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was such an honor and I can't wait to keep in touch with you and continue supporting you in the show in any way I can.
0: That was an absolutely brilliant episode. I enjoyed that so much. And if you enjoyed it too, and haven't yet left us a review, please drop in to your Apple podcast app, click on the five stars and leave Goals with Soul a review. We read and appreciate every single one. And right now I'm looking for three established soul led coaches who are looking to elevate their brand message and business energetics so they can consistently sign aligned clients and ultimately fall back in love with their work. If that's you and you'd like to learn more, send me the word aligned over on Instagram, DM me at I am Ingram. And so have an Inspired Action Week. Take care. Bye now.